Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone, thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe, and I'm here to tell you a story. A very special story. A story about a brave little boy and his pet cat. A story about the importance of being true to yourself. A story about bad-mannered frogs and well-mannered earthlings. A few months ago, we held a competition on our Facebook page of which the top prize was having a custom story written and read out on the channel. I am glad to say that this is now finished and will be read for you tonight. Congratulations to Vicky, our winner, and I hope this story is what you're expecting. Presenting Oliver the Almost Frog King by Joe Fireside. As always, please don't forget to like, rate or review Tales by the Fireside. Every interaction truly does mean the world to this channel. Now please, get comfortable, let go of the daylight, and join me for our story. Oliver the Almost Frog King by Joe Fireside Once upon a time, there was a happy little boy named Oliver. Oliver lived in Warsaw with his mummy and daddy, Fred the Ginger Tomcat, and his nana Vicky. One night he was fast asleep, curled up in bed with Fred the Fluffy Ginger Tomcat purring gently beside him. Oliver was dreaming the most wonderful dream of stars and moonlight and chocolate. All of a sudden a white light shined in through the window. Oliver opened his eyes sleepily and had to cover his face, it was so bright. Fred had sprung up and was standing all arched and gangly, staring out of the window angrily, as if outraged that someone had dared interrupt his sleep. Oliver sidled over to the window and peered out, peeping through the gaps in his fingers. He could see a spinning, whirring, twirling light getting closer and closer and closer. It was heading straight for his garden. It was going so fast that it would surely crash. 
But then it stopped, just a few feet above the ground. Oliver had ducked down to protect his face from the crash, but now looked up nervously above the windowsill and down into his garden. He could see now that the light was actually a beautiful, shiny, silver disc. It looked completely solid, not a line or a join or a door anywhere. It stood on three thin legs and was totally silent, sitting there as if waiting for something. The light was still shining out of it, illuminating the house and Oliver's pale face and Fred's ginger hair still stood on end. There was a whoosh noise and a door seemed to open in the solid silver side of the ship. A long gangway slid out from under the door and came straight towards Oliver's window. Oliver hid back down and Fred did too. They sat with their backs against the wall hoping the silver ship would just go away. Oh, Oliver! A weird, low voice rang out across the garden. Oh, Oliver, where are you? Do come out, we've come such a long way. What? said Oliver to himself. How do they know my name? No idea, said Fred. Yeah, I can't imagine. What? You could talk? Oliver jumped up in amazement, the light from the ship shining into his astounded face as he stared down at Fred. Oh, yes, of course, said Fred. Always have been able to. You've just never stopped to listen before. Oh, Oliver, there you are. The voice from outside boomed through the air. Do step onto the gangway and join us here. We've been waiting for you. What do you think I should do? Oliver asked Fred. Well, if it were me, I would puff up and make myself look big. Then, when they weren't looking, I'd run away as fast as I could, said Fred, unhelpfully. Just as Oliver opened his mouth to reply, he was lifted up by some unseen force. It was warm and bright and sort of fuzzy, like floating through sweet honey made of light. He could feel his hair swaying out in all directions, and looking back at Fred, floating behind like some annoyed flowy ginger mess, he laughed and did roly-polies in the air. And then suddenly, his bum bumped onto the inside of the ship with an oof. It was warm and dark, totally in contrast to the bright shiny outside and it looked massive. Fred and Oliver were sitting in a circle of light on the grey metal floor. The floor extended off for what seemed like miles and miles, vanishing into the darkness. Fred nestled into the crook of Oliver's arm and said softly, I have a bad feeling about this. Then there was a rumbling, tumbling noise coming from in front of them. Oliver and Fred both backed up a little bit to the edge of the circle of light, worried for what was coming closer and closer. And then a frog appeared. Well, not a frog exactly, but it looked a bit like a frog and that was the closest thing Oliver could compare it to. It had a big mouth and big yellow and black eyes and bright green skin. It wore a dirty t-shirt over its slimy body and had a little fat belly poking out from under the grimy shirt. It hopped over to stand in front of Oliver landing with a wet thud and extended its hand or its paw or its flipper. Oliver looked at it for a minute, watching the slime slide over its skin like algae on a stagnant pond, and then lifted his nose up and pulled his hand away. Ah, that's the Oliver I expected. Nice and rude, said the frog, in a voice that sounded nothing like a ribbit. We have come all this way to meet you, and you look at me like that. 
I knew you wouldn't disappoint me. He laughed, a strange, croaky laugh. I, I don't understand what you mean, said Oliver. You just startled me. I I've never seen a frog so big as you. He held out his hand and grasped the frog's hand politely. What's a frog? said the frog. Can you eat it? And proceeded to let out a huge burp. Fred jumped back at the loud noise and hid under Oliver's shirt. Oh, what do we have here? said the frog. Oh, that's Fred. He's my cat. Your cat? What? What's a cat? Will you eat it? The frog gazed down at the lump in Oliver's shirt. No, he's my friend. He's not for eating, Oliver said crossly at the puzzled frog. The frog paused for a minute, as if the idea of one creature travelling with another species out of friendship was strange to him. Why am I here? Why did you come to get me? Oliver was getting a bit angry now, having been taken from his bed in the middle of the night and now this big, slimy frog thing suggesting he ate Fred. Really, the nerve. Ah, Reginald P. Jasperton, at your service. The frog tried to bow, but as he did, another big burp issued from his lips, causing his big belly to wobble. Oliver put his hand over his nose. And I'm Oliver, and this is Fred. Nice to meet you. Now tell me why I'm here. We well, came to meet you, Oliver, because we have heard that you are a right little terror. We heard that you are unkind and unfriendly, and generally bad-tempered, and we just had to meet you. You see, I am a floggle-flaggle. And we floggle-flaggles consider it normal to be mean and horrible and rude to each other. Because your rudeness is known throughout the galaxy, we thought we would come and meet you for ourselves and see how a real master does it. Reginald stood there expectantly, eyes and belly wobbling. He clearly knows nothing about you, whispered Fred. You're a nice little boy. Oliver sat there for a few seconds, trying to process what was said. You think I'm a horrible little boy? Well, yes. You're known among all floggle-flaggle kind to be rude and untrustworthy and, overall, a bit of a bad egg, said Reginald. Well, I'm not, said Oliver crossly. I'm a nice, polite young man. He crossed his arms and puffed his chest out proudly. Ah, oh, well, that's a shame, said Reginald. You see, I'm here to make you our king, if it turns out you were who we thought you were. Your king? Oliver paused and thought for a few moments. King? Well, imagine how proud his family would be of him then. Oliver, king of the Floggle-Flaggles. Well, yes, you're rude and awful and a right terror. That's just what we want for our king. Reginald smiled a large froggy smile. You mean that if I'm rude and annoying and I lie, I could be your king? Oliver sounded thoughtful. Yes, that's just what I said. Well, you are slow, aren't you, little boy? Reginald sneered down, showing the floggle-flaggle rudeness. Wow, that sounds like quite the offer. Oliver stood there, considering. All you have to do is prove to me you are who we think you are, and all the riches and power and respect in our world can be yours, Reginald said with a mischievous glint in his eye. And it's good you are here too, Fred, 
You can help us test it out. Fred backed away behind Oliver's legs. With that, Reginald pushed Oliver back into a chair that was raised out of the floor to catch him. Oliver landed with an oof, followed by another oof, when Fred jumped onto his belly. Straps appeared and bound his wrists and ankles. And, satisfied that Oliver was secure, Reginald hopped back into the darkness. A few seconds later, there was a great shaking and rattling and clattering, and Oliver's stomach seemed to go into his feet. And, just as soon as it had started, it had stopped. Reginald's froggy face appeared from the darkness. Ah, uh, yes, we're here. Oliver was astounded. But we were only moving for ten seconds. The wrist and ankle braces unclasped and the chair sank down below the floor. Reginald sneered. Oh yes, I forgot how you humans haven't discovered this faster than light speed thing yet. Oliver opened his mouth to reply, but before any words came out, the door opened. The light was blinding. Oliver stepped over to the opening and peered out. As his eyes became used to the brightness, his heart skipped a beat. The crowd was enormous, absolutely enormous. Thousands upon thousands of huge frogs were cheering, stamping, pushing, shouting, all looking at Oliver. Wow, Oliver breathed. Welcome to Floggle, Reginald breathed proudly. The sky was a sickly green. There were brown clouds trailing away across the sky like thick slugs. The crowd of frogs were hopping on wet swampy ground and the whole thing smelled rather of stinky fish. Now let's begin your tests, Reginald said as he placed his hand on Oliver's back and ushered him out the door. Oliver, with Fred at his side, walked down the ramp and squelched into the wet grass. The noise from the frogs was deafening and the smell was overwhelming. Ribbits and croaks and squishes came at him from every angle, but as Reginald walked in front of Oliver, the froggy mass opened up before him and made a path through the grassy mud. Before long, they left the slimy green crowd behind and came into a forest. The forest was dark. Fred went closer to Oliver, and Oliver hunched up, worried, and quickened his pace. Eventually, they came to an opening, and in the clearing sat three massively fat toads with big red eyes and dry, dark green skin. They were sitting on rotten stumps with flies buzzing all around. Oi, Flibbit, wake up! I am awake, Jibbit. It's Dibbit that's asleep. The middle toad swiped his hand, poor thing, and clobbered the right-hand toad on the head. Wake up, Dibbit! The toad, who was clearly Dibbit, woke up with a snort. I'm awake, I'm, I'm awake. The earthling is here, said Jibbit. The earthling is here, said Flibbit. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it, said Dibbit. Oh, great toads, Reginald bowed low. I present Oliver, the most annoying and rude boy on earth. If he passes your tests, he will become king. Yeah? Is this the little scrounger then? Gibbet hopped down from his stump and came over to Oliver. Oh look, you brought us a snack, said Gibbet as he noticed Fred hiding behind Oliver's legs. 
No, he isn't a snack, said Oliver. He's my cat, Fred. What's a cat? Can you eat it? said all three toads in reply. No. Oh, all right then. All three toads look a little sad. But then Dibbit lashed his tongue out with a whack and got a fly that was halfway between him and Oliver. Now then, said one. We have three tests for you, said the middle one. And if you pass all three, you could be our king, said the third. What are these tests, said Oliver. They will test you, said the first. In all the floggle-flaggle traditions, said the middle. To see if you embody them in the way a real froggle king should, said the last. The test of kindness, said the first. The test of politeness, said the second. The test of friendship, said the third. Oliver stood there for a second. These did not sound like what he expected at all. The floggle-flaggles had been nothing but awful to him, and these sounded like good things he could easily do. OK, I accept, said Oliver nervously. Excellent, all three croaked. Let's begin. The first toad turned around on his stump, and when he rotated back to face Oliver, there was a teeny tiny toddler toad with a small lollipop in his hand. Now, said Gibbet, the test of kindness is easy. You need to take this lollipop from this baby. Oliver stood there for a moment, shocked. This was not what he expected at all. How could he take the lolly from this little tadpole? He thought and he thought and reasoned that perhaps the baby isn't old enough to really understand what's going on. Maybe he could take it and the little one wouldn't mind. Oliver walked up and reached out. Then he hesitated. You could be king, said Reginald's voice in his mind again. He took the lolly from the baby's hand. The baby instantly started crying and wailing and bawling its poor massive eyes out. Oliver instantly felt awful, the regret high in his heart. He wished he hadn't done that. Not for all the money and power in the world. Excellent, the three toads boomed, and Gibbet took up the baby and rotated around once again, and the crying faded away. The second test, said the second toad, who once again turned around slowly on his stump, and this time there was a small, old, greying frog in his arms. She rested her weight on a little stick and looked very much like a normal little old lady, only green, with big eyes, and a huge mouth. Now, said Flibbit, the test of politeness is simple. You must make this old woman cry. What? said Oliver, shocked. I can't do that. You have to, if you want to be king. Oliver stood there for a moment, thinking hard. He didn't want to make this old woman cry. Then he had an idea. He walked over to the old frog and held out his hand. The old lady looked at it for a moment, then hesitantly took it. When she looked down, noticed that Oliver had given her the lollipop from a moment ago. She stood there, in shock, her big lips trembling. And then she broke into tears. Oh, my dear, no one has ever given me anything before. We don't really do that sort of thing round here. It's all me, 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 and never any thought for others. Thank you, young man. Oliver's heart swelled. He did it. 
he'd made her cry, but he did not make her sad. Wait, 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 that's not right, said Flibbit. That doesn't count. Oh, yes it does, said Fred warmly. The rule said to make the old woman cry, and Oliver did. Oliver realised that this was the first time that the cat had spoken since they got to the planet, and was happy to hear his voice again. Fred had clearly been very scared of all the large amphibians, and obviously must have felt very proud to have said something now. Ugh, fine, said the second toad. That just leaves the third test, the test of friendship. Dibbit practically fell off his stump, he was so excited. This test is a special one, he said. If you fail this, you fail everything. If you pass this, you get to be our king. Oliver was feeling confident that he would pass, but was beginning to wonder if he even wanted to be king. These people were just so awful. Your final test is... And quick as a flash, his tongue lashed out and got Fred. He laid him down between himself and Oliver and said, If you wish to be our king, you will not be able to see this cat ever again. He will be sent home while you remain here with us. If you wish to become king, then you must look at your cat in the eyes and tell him you never wish to see him again. Oliver's blood froze. Fred looked up at him, curious and filled with dread. Oliver thought of what he could have. The power, the money, the food. He thought he could find a new friend, a new cat. He could have everything he possibly wanted. And all he had to do was break Fred's heart. He made his decision. Fred was staring up at Oliver, seemingly pleading him with his eyes. Fred? The whole world seemed to hold his breath. The three toads and the frog leaned forward in anticipation. Let's go home. Fred stood for a moment and then ran up and rubbed his head along and around Oliver's legs in joy, purring all the while. What? You don't want to become our king? What's, what's happening? I don't understand. The three toads were shocked. Their huge mouths hung open and big red beady eyes were massive and confused. You really are as daft as you look. Well, I don't think I should very much want to become king of such a rude, horrible people, Oliver said, suddenly thrusting his finger out and pointing at Reginald. You brought me here expecting me to be an awful person, but I'm not. I don't want to make children cry, I don't want to treat old people badly, and I want to keep my friends forever. But you could have everything you wanted. Riches, fame, power. Reginald seemed somewhat taken aback by this, as if he hadn't expected this at all. I don't care. I'm a nice boy. I don't think my family, friends, or Fred would like me to turn into something like that, not even for all the money on your planet. Oliver was strong and could feel the pride radiating from Fred. They all started to walk back, leaving the three toads open-mouthed and wide-eyed. So, you're telling me that you're not this loud, rude, untrustworthy little worm he'd heard of? No, I'm telling you that I will not become what you want me to become. And you need to work on your people fact-finding skills before you bring someone to your planet. 
I, I can't believe it. You really mean to tell me that you would prefer to be nice over having all the money and power we could offer you? By now, they've made it back to the ship and were walking up the ramp into the darkness. The crowd had fallen silent when they heard what was being said. Yes, of course. I love my family. I love my friends. I love my Fred. They would just hate for me to turn into what you expect of me. Being kind, polite and generous is very important. And above all, it makes the world around you a better place. You Flogglefloggles should try it sometime. It might make you feel a lot better. The door shut behind them. Reginald stood there, astounded, his big froggy mouth open wide. He just couldn't understand why. Why someone would turn down this offer. Perhaps there was something to this kindness and respect that was worth more than power or money. Now, if that is everything, I would like for you to return Fred and I to my bed so we can get on with our lives. Thank you very much. Oliver crossed his arms firmly and looked into Reginald's eyes. Fred purred and bumped his head along Oliver's legs again. That's my boy, he whispered. Reginald looked at Oliver, then down at Fred, then back up at Oliver. Well, I mean, uh, yes, of course, if you're sure. Reginald stuttered, his little froggy brain still reeling from what he had just heard. Looking at how proud Fred seemed to be of Oliver was adding to the confusion and Oliver could see it in his eyes. You know, said Oliver, being kind and polite and having good manners can do much more for you and those around you than you might think. You saw the old lady and the joy in her face at something so simple, didn't you? He left the question hanging there as Reginald held out his froggy hand again. You might be onto something there, young Oliver. Any force that would make someone turn down this offer is definitely worth considering. I think I shall try this out for myself. Thank you. And for the first time, the big froggy face broke out into a large smile. You're very welcome, Reginald. Oliver took Reginald's slimy hand again without wincing or making any faces and shook it. If you ever need any advice, you know where to find me. That I do. That I do. Thank you, friend Oliver. Reginald was grinning. He winked a big froggy wink and then BAM! There was a bright flash. Oliver sat up suddenly. He was back in his room. Back in his bed, Fred curled up between his legs on the duvet. Wow, Oliver said out loud. Was all that just a dream? Fred opened his eyes and peered up at Oliver, but he said nothing. It must have been, said Oliver. There's no way Floggle Flaggles are real, and there's no way you can actually talk. He stroked Fred on his fluffy ginger head. And then Fred smiled. Oliver was sure of it. He looked out of the window and saw an extra bright star he had never seen before. He sighed a big, happy sigh, proud of himself, and Fred nestled down and cuddled up closer to him. And then he slipped into a wonderful dream of smiles and frogs and light. The End Good night. Thank you. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.